Hey there, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Next in Line podcast brought to you by the RFK Refugees Sports Network. Got a lot of great stuff uh, to talk about today. Um, you know, we've got uh, had a lot of a lot of news going on right now in, in the world of Loudoun United Football Club. Um, I, I know that Adam Mendelovitz uh, is going to be speaking and wants to wants to get some in- info out about all the great work that's happening over in the academy. And uh, and it's really interesting. We got a lot of a lot of youth players that are making names for themselves, and uh, names that I think that we're going to hear a lot more of in in the years to come. Um, but we we've also got some great stuff coming down the pike uh, regarding just general fun um, in, in upcoming episodes, <clears throat> including guests, reasons to tune in, reasons to keep hitting that uh, that subscribe, reasons to keep uh, hitting play and. And tuning in each week, but uh, big news right now in the club, outside of a, a, a massive win over Birmingham Legion uh, last weekend, is uh, is the ownership situation, and that new names have been brought into the fold, into the minority ownership uh, side of the house for Loudoun United, <clears throat> and that means a ton of things. It means you've got more folks who are you know bringing money in the door. Which helps for player signings, which helps for the experience of, of fans and and everyone who wants to attend at, at Segra Field. This is only good news. Um, it, it's not like oh we have we have more uh, chieftains in the room or anything like that. No, this is this is good stuff, guys. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about that, and, and and it's my hope that we can get one or or more of, of those. Those names, um, of which those names you've probably heard before for many different reasons, uh, maybe even on this podcast. And I think that'd be a really cool uh, I don't know, chance for uh, yeah them them to speak about maybe the future of of the program, the future of <clears throat> the club. The first name is a name that is is, is kind of circled and, and, and cycled around the Loudoun United uh, folklore for a while, and that's uh, that's Jordan Stewart. Uh, he is. Uh, the executive of the Next Move Nation's Capital Real Estate Team, that's with Keller Williams Capital Properties, um, and he's also the director of the Keller Williams Realty Sports Entertainment Community, <clears throat> which has a massive amount of, I, I think, over 750 real estate agents across the U.S. and Canada. So this is this is a big name, uh, you know, big money, uh, big money signing, as we would say if, if he were a player, right? Um, very well connected uh, with. Uh, with the ownership group at DC United, so this is this is an awesome name. He he was also a part of the acquisition of some of these other minority owners. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna talk a little bit about the, who they are because they're all professional athletes. I'm gonna talk about their professional experience, so you can get that all here. You don't have to go to uh, to Wiki or or, or you know. Uh, do a bunch of googling to find that out. Um, and it's gonna be an odd thing to talk about because they're not soccer. Uh, players or former soccer players, they are uh, elsewhere in the U.S. sporting demographic. And so, starting off, the name um, is Yannick Ngakwe. Yannick Ngakwe, who is a, a, a current NFL player uh, out of the University of Maryland. He was drafted in 2016. He's defensive end. He's played for the Jaguars, the Vikings, the Ravens, the Raiders, and the Colts. Um, he's, I believe. At the time of this recording, he's currently a free agent. Um, 
but he's a very talented defensive end, and he will get picked up by somebody before the start of the new season, probably before uh, the, the start of, of camps uh, this summer. Uh, he had a Pro Bowl appearance in 2017 and won the PFWA All-Rookie Team of the Year accolades in 2016, is, is his freshman year um, in, in the league. Um, yeah, and so uh, the only other fact I've got about him is that he has my birthday, uh, shares my birthday, which uh, if you don't know it, then I won't tell you. Um, Tommy Pham is uh, an MLB player who is uh, has been around for a long time. He's played for a good amount of teams. He was selected in the 16th round of the 20, 2006 uh, amateur draft by the St. Louis Cardinals and opted to play professional baseball instead of going into the NCAA, something that was a, a very popular thing uh, back 15, 20 years ago. Um, he played in minor leagues from 2006 until 2013, and then he went overseas in Venezuela and played uh, there in the 2014-15 season. He's played in the MLB for the Cardinals, the Rays, the Padres, the Reds, the Red Sox, and uh, currently he is still playing for, I believe, on a one-year contract with uh, for the New York Mets. Uh, his little fun fact is he wears the number 28, so he shares uh, that with our leading goal scorer, Zach Ryan. Um <clears throat> And the final name in this list of four individuals who've joined the um, minority ownership group for Loud United is, is Jeff Teague, who is a retired NBA player. He was selected in the first round, 16th overall, in the 2009 draft by the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, he came from Wake Forest. He played with the Hawks until 2016, and then he spent time with the Pacers, the Timberwolves. I believe he went back to the Hawks for a little bit, the Celtics. And then he joined the Milwaukee Bucks in 2020, maybe 2020 or 2019. Um, and, and he was a part of, actually, I believe at the end of the 2021 season, he was part of that Milwaukee Bucks team that uh, beat the Phoenix Suns in the 2021 NBA Finals. That's right. And he was a player in all six of the games and helped lift that trophy, winning the, the most sought-after trophy in the NBA. Um, he was uh, an NBA All-Star during the 2015 season. And uh, since retiring, he has been hired by the team that originally drafted him, the Atlanta Hawks, as a regional scout. That's cool. So that's it. That's, those are your, your, your three uh, sports owners and your new, um, you know, Keller Williams, our uh, real estate you know, executive mogul owner. Um, <clears throat> those are names and, and faces that you'll probably see around Segura from time to time as they're uh, working to you know, ensure that their investment uh, pays dividends um, in, in not only the experience, but also um, financially speaking. So it's really cool. You, you see a lot of this going on right now. A lot of folks investing their money, um, especially uh, athletes, uh, and especially athletes who maybe are nearing the end of their professional career and you know wanting to see uh, sports continue to grow. Soccer is a big place to do that right now because uh, lower league teams like uh, like those who play in the USL Championship uh, and and lower league teams across the world um, are uh, are ever growing their presence um, and uh, they are there you're you're watching them you know get broadcasting rights and things you know the the big name that a lot of people hear all the time is Wrexham AFC a team in Wales who play in the fifth tier of the pyramid in English soccer um, and they have recently been bought by Ryan Reynolds and. Rob McElhenney. Um, if you don't know who they are, then you are safe from TV subscriptions, and I'm jealous of you. Um, but anyways, that's enough about ownership. That's enough about other sports. Uh, I'm going to jump right into talking about 
the match versus Birmingham Legion, the week six match. It was by far the highest profile result of the week, and uh, it was quite honestly a thrashing of of, of Eastern Conference powerhouses, uh, Birmingham Legion, a team that had sat atop the table for a little while on the East. And um, you know, if if you're looking for a, a tactical breakdown. On, uh, on Twitter, then the USL Tactics, quick little shout out to USL Tactics, uh, did a great job of, of breaking down what, what I called a, a master class by Coach Martin um, as they were really cutting, you know, our players cut the ability for, for Legion's to players to, to play out of the back and also kind of just disrupted their defensive midfielders. Um, we didn't just sit back once we took the lead, and, and, and you know, we, we continued to dominate possession with 53% at the end, um, and, and we beat out the Legion on every single possession and distribution-based statistic. Um, let's see here. Wesley Leggett was, was rewarded you know, with a start after his U.S. Open goal, um, and, and that paid dividends uh, as he opened the scoring. And then Zach Ryan and Khalil Medkar bagged goals and assists. Uh, while uh, in, during that match, the the big takeaway of this is not just the result, but uh, the fact that for the first time ever, uh, we had four players on the USL Championship Team of the Week honors. You had uh, Zach Ryan, who had, like I said, a goal and an assist. He had four chances created and two out of two dribbles completed. Khalil El Medkar, one goal, one assist, uh, four shots, and five chances created. Koa Santos, who had just a great game. I mean, was just everywhere. I mean, just you could hear him screaming um, through the broadcast. You can hear him screaming with County over. Um, he had an assist. He had four chances created, four clearances, two interceptions, and nine recoveries. And then Gasau Samake, who made the team of the week bench, but still that counts, uh, with one chance created, one shot, four interceptions, four tackles, and a clearance. So just absolutely putting in the, the work, uh, our, our folks. Our players, um, you love to see it. Um, Hugo Ferro earned the team their first clean sheet with three saves on the night. Um, and, and so all of this is great. This is ex- exciting stuff. Oh, also Abdul Kwanda got his first debut, the, the young Ivorian um, <clears throat> player, uh, defensive midfielder or, or you know center back, depending upon where he's being deployed. <clears throat> you know, this is all great. You know, you're going to see some of the narratives say that the Legion didn't have some of their most important players. Uh, Tyler Pasher did not travel with the team. He's one of the best midfielders in the league. Spent the last couple of years in the MLS <clears throat> after great success out in Indy. Um, and then Enzo Martinez, their their big, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, strong and uh, uh, what the term is. He's like their big uh, destroyer, a midfielder, I guess you could say. Um, he did not start and came on uh, well into the game. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is that this is still a complete team and, and they're not made up of just two players. We beat a very good team. And, and I think that uh, I think it's it's become apparent that this is not an, an old Loudon team, that this is uh, someone someone new. Um, but that's that's all I wanted to say about Birmingham. I mean, look, it, it's in the rear view now. The, 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 the team is focused on the on the next uh, iteration, the next uh, the next game, the next match. But what we're seeing coming out of Coach Martin's vision is maybe the best we've ever seen for a Loudoun United squad. There's a lot to be excited about. Um, I'd still love us to grab a couple of players and add some depth to this team. You know, you, you saw the struggle that happened when we were without Zach Ryan for two matches. 
But yeah, you know, we're, we'll see how, how that plays out. Maybe the new ownership joining in will, will help fund uh, the addition of new players. So um, some, some quick league in the Eastern Conference statistics I want to talk about before I jump into the Week 7 matchup versus Oakland. Um, that's number one. Zach Ryan is currently tied in second place in the league and, and first in the Eastern Conference for goals scored at four. He's got one less match played. Um, the, the team does, and he's got two less matches played technically, you know. Um, he's also one assist behind the, the current leader with two. Um, not a ton of assists across the league right now, but um, being, being tallied, but that's, that's good stuff. Uh, he, so he, he's obviously in, in the conversation <clears throat> for uh, player of the, the year right now in USL Championship uh, lore. If he continues this pace, he will be uh, a contender. Uh, Khalil Medkar is currently tied in ninth in the league for shots taken at 11 and fifth in the league for chances created 12, which is second in the Eastern Conference. It gives you a good enough for second. Koa Santos is eighth in the league for crosses at 30, and uh, which is also fourth in the Eastern Conference. And then Panos is right behind him at fifth right now in the Eastern Conference. Um, so not a lot of clean sheets going on right now in the league, at least on, on this side of, of the field. Uh, you know, Daniel Vitiello is, is currently the, the clear leader with the, for the Golden Glove in the league with five, but nobody else is really close to him. But Hugo Faroz, first ever clean sheet, is, enough, is good enough to tie him for uh, fourth in the Eastern Conference. So there's something to be said there if we can continue this defensive presence. Um, and, and I think that this is a <clears> – we've talked a little bit about it you know, on Twitter, a little bit about it elsewhere, but you're watching this, this kind of come to – age of sorts you know we were worried when, when Cole Turner went down that this was a pairing that um maybe with Bryce Washington you know, replacing this is a pairing that wouldn't work out but but Giannis Learman and Bryce Washington looked the part they looked uh like they were they were unwilling to allow anyone to get past them and, and that is there's reason to be excited <clears throat> in every part of the field not just the fact that we're scoring goals right now but also the fact that we are disrupting uh opposing attacking t- you know players opportunities and, and um, and yeah, that's, that's, that's exciting. That's exciting folks. So, um, finally, just to round off this, you know, this, this brief episode I wanted to do, which is just a quick preview of week seven and that's, that's Oakland roots. We got a quick turnaround, a Sunday afternoon match ahead of a Wednesday evening game, uh, in the USL open cup in the third round, we got flower city, Union coming to town. Um, spoken with a couple of their supporters. I think that they're going to have a presence at Segra Field. So if you haven't got your tickets, get them now. We got to be loud. Um, this is the best possible draw that Loudon could have had. So let's not mess it up. You know, we didn't want to play the New England Revolution just yet. Um, a really good team in the MLS. So we got Flower City. Let's let's give it to them. You know, let's let's really get out there and make a presence and, and get loud. I'm looking at you, Loudon Stampede. Um, but in in the meantime, we've got a, a very good Western Conference team. Uh, that that's coming to town um, in this, this string of home matches that we've been very blessed and very lucky to have. Um, <clears throat> Oakland had a, had a loss to start the season, but otherwise they've started the season very strong, much stronger than their uh, their their turf has started. But if you're following that drama, um, that's a whole other thing. Since that strong start, they've kind of fallen a little bit, had some losses, had some ties, um, and they've also got a a, a rest week. Uh, oh, actually, excuse me, they had a rest week, I believe, at the same time as us. Um, and then they got beat by a team that had been considered one of the worst in the league. So, you know, w- when you have that rest week, it, it always does one or two things, right? Sometimes you'll, you'll kind of see players come, coming back revitalized and, 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 and strong. You see this across all leagues. Sometimes you can, you can see that it, they lose their pace. They lose 
uh, the momentum that they had. They, maybe they were too distracted during that, that time off. You know, we came back after a rest week and, and thrashed a good, a solid, and balanced team at home. Um, they came back after the rest week, and they got beat by a team that was is being considered right now one of the worst in the league. If not, it was at the worst at the time when they played them. That's Hartford Athletic. Um, that to say, they, they still have plenty of, of very talented players. Uh, uh, Dario, Dari, Darius Formella, hopefully I didn't butcher that. I butchered a couple names already this episode. Um, he's currently leading the, t- the team with, with uh, across the board. He's got two goals, two assists. Um, John Rodriguez is uh, is another player with two goals, and Ed- Edgardo Rito has two assists. So this is a, an attacking you know three, an attacking four, who, who've got uh, the pedigree. They, they've got the talent, um, and, they, and they've put balls into nets. So um, Formella is probably the one that you, you want to keep an eye out for the most. He, he can be deployed across wherever in, in, the, in the midfield or, excuse me, the attacking uh, three or wherever. He's played striker. He's played in the center forward position. He likes that left wing, um, but I'm calling him an attacking midfielder. Uh, he, he's going to have to really be reckoned with. He's going to have to be watched for, for balls over the top and, and driving through our, our back line. Um, he's got experience across Europe. He's got, you know, he's got one of the, the more... Um, comprehensive resumes of any player in the USL Championship, so he's going to be someone who you know we're going to have to watch. Uh, Oakland is a team now; they're coming from 3,000 miles away, right? So uh, similar to Birmingham, you know, who've got a, a large hike. They're, the question is, you know, right now their injury reports are showing that they are a fully healthy squad, um, but you know, you, the question is, is who will they rest? You know what? What, what names are they not going to have traveling out there? Will there be more Tyler Pashers, so to speak, not participating in this, this matchup at Segar Field? You know, we're lucky that this is a home match in the midst of our USL Open Cup uh, run, <clears throat> and so we don't have to, to worry about that as much. But uh, the question will be, will the full squad, uh, will, they, will they all travel? Um, and uh, you have to hope they don't, but I think that even if they do, that we've got a chance at this, this match. I think we've... Right now, the way that Loudon is playing, they have a chance against any team. You know, opening the season with, with a win against Memphis, who's now probably uh, considered one of the worst in the league, and, and a tie against San Antonio. Suddenly, I mean, you, you've got fans of San Antonio, a team that was kind of out and out as one of the favorites to, to win the whole thing. You know, fans who are saying, wow, that tie doesn't look as bad anymore. Um, and to hear that, to hear that level of respect, it's, it's something that Loudon hasn't had since the you know the the, the, the final minutes of the final matches of the 2019 season, it's a, it's a team that uh, doesn't get a lot of you know, hasn't got a lot of respect in, in past years and um, it, it's exciting it's, it's very very exciting to, to hear um, that the, the the culture and, and that the environment and uh, I don't know the, the lifeblood of this program is is moving in a, in a direction where I think we as fans and we as, as Loudoun County residents can be proud. Um, so, so yeah, Sunday afternoon uh, at where I'm recording this right now is a Friday. So hopefully you get a chance to, to listen to this uh, on your drive home this afternoon or at some point on Saturday. But Sunday uh, afternoon is, is the match. I believe the Stampede's going to be out at probably 1.45 or 2 p.m., so <clears throat> if you're not a member of the Stampede, go check them out. Go, uh, go meet a couple folks. I think that they're, they're all, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm one of them. I hope to be there. But I think that they're all, you know, friendly, and they'll, they'll, they'll be happy to have a straight-up conversation or raise a glass with you, an, an age-appropriate glass with you. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, and, and I'm hoping to also get an episode drawn up before the Flower City Union game. But, 
but if not, this is, uh, yeah, you know, we, we've got uh, those two matches right almost back-to-back. Um, and they're, they're two games to be excited about. So that's all I've got, folks. I uh, appreciate you, you tuning in. You appreciate you listening, as always. Um, you know, this is... Uh, this is a joy to do this and, and y'all make it worth it and, and, and hearing uh, all the, the, the positive feedback and stuff and that, that makes it a lot of fun. So um, I hope to see you all or anybody else out against Oakland at Segerfield on Sunday evening, afternoon. Talk to you then.